Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson. Thanks for joining us today. Our topic is the mental health of our children and the role of social media. Our guest is Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein, who is a psychologist and author of Perseverance, How Young People Turn Fear into Hope and How They Can Teach Us to Do the Same. And also Dr. Rubenstein is a mother of two. So this situation certainly hits close to home. Dr. Rubenstein, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to see you. We appreciate your time. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So the statistics are very disturbing. One that really jumped out at me was the CDC reported that three out of five teenage girls, so most teenage girls these days, uh, reported persistent feelings of sadness. And this is up 60% since 10 years ago. So what's happened in the last 10 years that's caused these teenage girls to feel so sad? I think there's a lot of factors that are really unique to this, you know, the past 10 years when we think about the isolation that was kind of created through the pandemic, um, through not being able to see your friends in person, being out of classrooms, having missing a lot of key events, right? So missing things like school dances, a graduation, things like that, that really impacted um, young girls that we're really looking forward to these pivotal moments. But I think one of the biggest things has been the rise of social media and the immediacy of some of the impacts of that that can have on young women. And in particular, you know, how they feel about themselves, how they compare themselves uh, and setting up some very unrealistic expectations. So talk a little bit more about that comparison and, and how prevalent and how damaging really that is with social media and also just how deceptive it is because what these young girls are comparing themselves to isn't even real in most cases. I know. And that's the hardest part. So it's interesting. It's not just the comparison to others, which is what's happening, right? They're seeing all of everyone they look up to, every celebrity and influencer. They're also seeing their friends um, and, you know, the people that are outside of their friend group through all of these filters and all of these different, you know, unreal ways of looking at them. And they see that as real though. Their brains don't have the ability, most of us don't have the ability to say, oh, that's filtered. We just see that as real. But then the other comparison that they're making is to themselves and their actual self versus this online filtered, you know, unreal self and feeling badly about themselves then when they look in the mirror and they're not seeing a filtered version. And so it's this really double whammy that we're getting. And there was recent research that that showed when when people when teenagers stopped using social media the way they felt about themselves particularly their body image improved so that was sort of yeah. almost proof of how damaging social media is at least when it comes to issues like body image oh absolutely yeah i think body image is one of the major places you know, that we're starting to see some real, you know, impact, um, especially with all of the filtering that has been happening and all the apps that you can now use to, you know, make yourself look like a completely different person. And so we saw that uh, not too long ago, a Facebook uh, whistleblower used to be an executive there and then became a, uh, a whistleblower showed that, that their own internal research showed that Facebook was damaging to young people. Can you sort of elaborate on some of the things that we've learned and that, that, that research has shown can be harmful towards children when it comes to social media? 
Yeah, I think some of the main things that we've learned is, you know, how much information that these that kids are getting, and it's unfiltered information. So this is information that is from very a variety of sources and is usually filtered by their peers. And so it's coming through a lens that maybe they wouldn't normally get through their schools or, you know, other leaders that they're following or their teachers or their parents, um, but it's coming through a very young often immature lens. And so they're getting a very distorted view of reality through kind of this information, but also learning way too much um, that's not developmentally appropriate for their age through social media. That's another thing that we're seeing. I think also the, the key component that we always look at is the social impact, right? Of the bullying online, the the cancel culture of if you do something that someone feels is skewed or you know incorrect, that you are pretty much bullied and ostracized. Uh, so there's so many different ways that this is now being taken in a in a negative direction um, that we have to be so careful about. I've been hearing this phrase doom scrolling, and yes. it looks like kids are doing this. Could you explain that? What that is? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's when you're 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 on your phone, you're scrolling, you feel awful, and you're kind of looking for more that kind of confirms that feeling. So you are just kind of going down this dark hole, literally, um, on social media, and so you just keep going and going, and it's it's almost automatic. You don't even realize you're doing it, uh, and it leaves you in a pretty icky, doom-like mental state um, where nothing feels good, and it's pretty scary because your reality hasn't changed. Oh, the only thing that's changed has been where your attention has been. Talk about how addictive social media can be. I think like anything, you know, it really, it gives you that quick like dopamine burst. It gives you that reinforcement. If you put up something and you're getting likes and you're getting comments and you're getting that sense of, you know, being seen, that can be very addicting, especially if you're not getting that in other areas of your life. So I think in particular, you know, for people that don't have that in other areas, they're going to be really drawn to that, that those boosts of reinforcement and validation that you get from online that they don't get offline. Oh, so those likes, that's sort of like a, um, yeah. a dopamine hit. Yes. So can you drill down a little bit more about why it's so important for these kids to have to have likes? I think that's validation for them. You know, it's almost like they're how they now see social validation. And I think it's been, you know, we've seen the impact of that. Instagram, for example, now has the ability you can hide in a lot of places where you hide the number of likes someone has. Um, and it, because that has become almost a social metric for, well, this post, you know, I didn't get as many likes, which means people must not like me as much, you know, so taking it literally and um, when it really doesn't mean that at all. But as children and even many adults, it, it can feel that way. And you talked just a moment ago about this is particularly concerning for people who aren't having a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction or might not be having a lot of healthy interaction in person with other people. Can you talk about the dangers of replacing interactions with people through social media um, with real, act with actual interactions with people in person? Why it's, yeah. why it's different. Yeah, it is so different because that, you know, online is not, you're going to miss so many parts of interacting with someone. You're only going to get kind of that, the external, you know, it's almost people are very different online than offline as we've seen. And, you know, they're almost, they, 
take on a different persona. So you don't even know if the person you're interacting with is the same way they would be offline. And so what's really important is, you know, it's okay to have those relationships online and those connections online, but you really want to make sure, you know, that you have those offline as well. So you can see the difference and see how different and more fulfilling it is to have that kind of 360 experience with people um, in real life. And I think a lot of kids sometimes get so consumed with online that they don't actually get to experience that as much and don't really know the difference. We know that children spend a lot of time online, but a lot of that is they have to be online because of school. And But it, it, are, do we know how much time they're spending on social media? We, I think it honestly varies by, you know, parents and families. So a lot of, you know, families are very, they don't allow their children to go on social media, you know, aside from what they need to do for school. Um, and some of the schools don't use social media. They'll use, you know, their an, their secure kind of online website or something like that. Um, so it kind of, it really does differ. But I think when we go to teenagers that have a lot more freedom, you see the numbers skyrocket and people are spending hours on social media, especially in the evening when they're alone. Um, and that's where, you know, the parental environment, the family environment is so important to come into place and the norms and the expectations around it. Well, it's a very disturbing situation and it keeps changing every day. And a lot of parents aren't really up to speed on, on what's happening or what they can do. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with psychologist Carolyn Rubenstein to talk about what parents and even a broader society can do to mitigate the damaging effects of social media mm -hmm. on our mental health, on their, our children's mental health. Stay with us. Hey, if you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly, and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm gonna teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep. Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the work of your spirit, Lord God, with this movement of getting the Bible, yes. Lord, into public schools. Watch the prayer link. Tuesday morning at 730 on the CBN News Channel. promises committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us?
Stay connected with CBN News all day across our platforms. Welcome back, and we are continuing our discussion with psychologist Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein about really the, the damaging effects of social media on the mental health of our youngsters, of our children. And um, are, are you seeing, Dr. Rubenstein, people that you're treating or that other mental health uh, experts are treating for problematic social media use, excessive social media use? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely becoming one of the... Uh, big, big issue that mental health clinicians are seeing. Um, and it's just, it's just increasing um, and really causing issues that are, you know, being exacerbated by being isolated um, from, you know, doing things that you would normally do offline because of the time you're spending online. How can a parent know or even a teenager or young person, him or herself, know whether social media is taking over? I think really being open about it, communicating, documenting, right? You get, you can see how much time you're spending on these on your phone. Parents should be connected to all of this. Um, your kids won't like it and that's okay. I think starting as early as possible to make that um, the norm of this is just the way it's going to be, that we will be involved, you know, in the social media, you know, in your social media use. Um, and, you know, as they get older and they can, you build trust, you can kind of, you know, lean back a little bit, just like you would in normal social relationships, right? Like when you start with your kids, when they're younger, you're going to their play dates with them. You're doing all of this. It's the same thing. You kind of need to build that trust and help them to learn the way to navigate. And so I really encourage parents to be involved and to be active and to take the time to learn what their kids are on, um, what they what they don't want their kids on. Create your own account as a parent and learn um, from a first person perspective what it feels like and what it is like. Because if you don't know, it's very hard to communicate with your child. So uh, recently the Surgeon General said, uh, he thinks 13 years old, which is sort of like the standard of social media use, he thinks that's actually too young. What age should parents start allowing their children to use social media? It's a complicated question because what happens, too, is that some you know, friend groups will start using it. And so kids will be very isolated if they're not using it for with their friends and then will become isolated from them offline because on they're talking about, you know, what they talked about last night online. And so it can be, you know, somewhat isolating. So it's a case by case basis. I think you know, 13 in general is what the what the standard is. You have to look at your child though and really examine together like are they ready and really dip your toe in very, very slowly. So it doesn't mean 13, you know, let the, let it go. You just have access to every social media app you want. More so, you know, let's start with one. Let's start with very, you know, do it in the open. Let's do it together. And you can talk to your friends on there in a specific way. Maybe it's, you know, five people that you talk to, but do it very, in a very controlled way while the kid learns and while you get to feel a sense of comfort, uh, but be a part of it. So it's not just hand over you know, a tablet when they are 13. And I remember when my children were teenagers, there wasn't social media at that time. They're grown now. But I remember talking to their friends' parents all the time about, yeah. and we went comparing notes about what we would let them do, what the bedtimes were, when they, can they call each other. I mean, do you advocate talking to your children's friends' parents and sort of all getting together about what you're going to allow and not allow? 
I do. I think that is major and I think that'd be very, very helpful. And it's a, very, a conversation you want to approach gently because this tends to be a very divisive topic. Um, but I think if you approach it more so as there's no judgment, we're not judging, you know, if your child is already on social media or whatnot, that is your choice. But as a friend group, like how, how do we want them to operate, you know, in terms of their friendships on social media um, and having an open conversation, just so you know, at least where everyone else stands. And even if you can't get others to go to, you know, you know, the same side as you or what you want, understand, you want to know what is happening rather than being blind to the reality of it. Um, and then figuring out the game plan and trying to look for, you know, a middle ground with the other parents. So looking for a way to compromise and make it work so that your kid isn't completely, you know, left out. So really, you don't really advocate on children going cold turkey or parents forcing their children to go cold turkey, right? I don't. I don't think it's the the best strategy. I think it is a little, um, it can be very harf, you know, harsh to the child. Um, I think, you know, is it like a punishment or something like that? If it's short term, I think that's different. But I think right now the norm, it's you could actually, you know, create more harm than not if you do go completely cold turkey and take away that avenue. Because I think there's a, there are benefits of it. And I think talking to your kids and finding out what is the goal of social media? What is, what do they get from it? You know, what is what lights them up when they're on it? What do they enjoy? You know, avoiding the doom scroll, really talking about all of this with them. Mm -hmm. Fantastic information. And uh, we're going to take another break and be right back okay. with psychologist Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein to talk about what parents can do to help their children avoid the pitfalls of social media. Stay tuned. Daddy? Yeah, buddy? How many nickels are in a dollar? There are 20 nickels Look, in a dollar. How do birds fly? Does milk really make my bow stronger? Yeah, yeah. Daddy, when we die, will we go to heaven? Do you have the answer to life's biggest question? Call the 700 Club. We'll help you find answers to the important questions life brings your way. Nutrition. Exercise. Essential oils weight loss, and more. It's Healthy Living with Lori Johnson. Talk about what's in this. Join CBN health reporter Lori Johnson to get the latest information from today's top health experts. This is fantastic. Find out what you need to know to live a healthier life. Watch Healthy Living Tuesday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. Hello, I'm Dr. David Perlmutter, board-certified neurologist and number one New York Times best-selling author. Wouldn't it be great to boost your energy, eliminate brain fog, and even reverse brain disease? Well, you can, and I'm going to show you how, along with some of the world's most well-respected brain experts in this DVD, Protect Your Brain. Get Protect Your Brain, a free DVD only from the Christian Broadcasting Network. Featuring experts on the cutting edge of neuroscience and brain health. No matter how many times you've failed in the past, you really can do this. In Protect Your Brain, you'll discover simple strategies to keep your brain young and healthy. Improve your memory. Discover the gut-brain connection. In Protect Your Brain, get your free copy at CBN.com or call 1-800-700-7000. If you want to improve the quality of your life, Get the DVD, protect your brain, and get it today. 
Welcome back to Healthy Living. We are talking with psychologist Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein about what parents can do to help their children avoid some of the dangers of social media. And really, the first thing you said was parents need to know what their children are doing, what they're looking at, what they're involved in. And that's kind of a place where many parents are like, how do I do that? And yes. it's, it's and you know, because parents don't usually know as much about social media or even the internet as their children. Yeah, so it's it's going online and learning. Um, and there are so many ways to learn. You know, download the app. The only way that you really will learn is by actually using it. So I really encourage the parents to use the apps that their kids are using come up with a fake profile, just do a silly, you know, just kind of get your feel, move around it, look at it, understand it. So that you know, when they're saying something, you get what that means versus just kind of creating that disconnection because information is very powerful and your children will actually listen if you know what you're talking about uh, versus it's, you know, an all or nothing mentality of like, it's all bad or, okay, I'm okay with you doing this part of it, but not this part of it. Um, so I think that's really, key is to understand um, the social media that they're using and the different ways they can use it, and then really help them to understand that what they are posting and sharing is it, it's not just on their computer. And I think that's a very hard concept for kids to understand. And so something that I really recommend doing is to make it more concrete for kids where, because they have a hard time visualizing this. So print out some of the posts maybe that they want to post on social media or some of the interactions, print it out, let them see it in like off the computer and ask them, would they be okay with, you know, family members seeing this with their teachers and kind of get that feel of like, oh, this isn't just for three people. Like this is actually in the public. And this is, you know, there are ways to understand that that's not that's beyond just the computer screen. So make it as tangible as possible. Have conversations, get really creative about it. And when they're using social media at first, I really recommend doing it in like your family, you know, family um, community spaces, so like your family room or the dining room table, if that's where they're, you know, you have a tablet for them to use so that you can check in and see what they're doing. Um, and that's the place where you build the trust uh, and, and be open about that, that you need to build the trust. You know, this is a whole, this is a whole new thing that they're doing and a new way of interacting and you need to build trust together. And it's going to take some time to do that, but they're, you're going to do it together. And I think that's really, you know, it could be a way to connect with your child rather than push them away because I think what happens when social media becomes so big is parents feel like there's a divide between them and their child and so rather than letting that divide exist walk towards it rather than kind of going in the opposite direction so where do you I, I hear you when you, you say let's talk about this let's create open communication it seems like that's the most important thing but do you ever draw any boundaries and say oh, yeah. okay you can't have uh, your phone at night you can't go into a blocked bath or where do you what kind of boundaries do you recommend oh yes yeah. so i think especially as you build that is you can't you know figuring out how many hours you're allowing or how much time you're allowing if it's 30 minutes you know or if it's an hour on the weekends like figuring out what you are comfortable with starting at the low end starting where you feel like okay i'm okay with this and it's time that i can be i can sit there do something next to my child and i'm comfortable with it um, but really set those expectations up and know that you can change them. You are the parent. Your number one job is to keep your child safe. You can change the boundaries as you go, as you learn. 
Um, just be open about that. Your child's going to have emotions about that. Don't let their emotions dictate what you do. So know that they'll have emotions. Know that you can handle the emotions, that you can sit with them. You can understand the emotions. You can deal with it. But that stay firm and that your number one job is to keep them safe um, and to set those limits and to change them if necessary. But be open about it because there have there, with anything, there has to be limits. All right. All right. We're going to take one final break and be right okay. back with psychologist Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein. Stay with us. I am Regent's first ROTC graduate student. from Graham, and this is Studio 5. Cruise with me as I discover the good things happening in the world of music, sports, television, and movies. The fact that Ryan Coogler was going to be directing the film, I knew that something special was going to happen. We'll chat with artists at the forefront of entertainment and explore the connection between popular culture and faith. I asked my pastor, I said, well, does that mean I'm supposed to be a preacher? He says, well, no, you already have a pulpit. Wednesday night at 8.30 on the CBN News Channel. How would you like to get a redo on your health, on your body, on your arteries, so you could have the energy you had 20 years ago? The great news is you can. I'm Dr. Mike Roizen, chair of the Wellness Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. I've written four New York Times bestsellers. But even better than having to read all that, you can listen to this DVD and watch it. Protect your heart? Yes, you can. Here's how. Go to CBN.com or call 1-800-700-7000 for your free copy of Protect Your Heart. Let the medical experts show you their new discoveries on how to avoid heart disease and even reverse it. Easy steps to uncover the hidden dangers in your medicine cabinet, reduce stress, and get a complete do-over for your health. Call 1-800-700-7000. That's 1-800-700-7000. Or go to CBN.com to claim your free copy of Protect Your Heart. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein about the impact of social media on our young children's mental health. And Dr. Rubenstein, uh, we're running out of time. Any final words yeah. on this? We could go on for hours, obviously. <laughs> any, any final words regarding this topic? Trust your gut. Trust your gut as a parent. And you know your child best more than any professional or any of the guidelines. And really, if you usually, you know, go towards the more conservative route, you can always make it, you know, you can always loosen it up. But start where you feel most comfortable and go from there. Don't give in to the peer pressure. Um, and focus on just keeping your children safe the best that you can. You'll make mistakes. That is okay. Um, we all do. And you'll kind of course correct as you go. Dr. Rubenstein, we thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Yeah. This is such an emotional and such an important topic for us. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So I have a, I post daily on Instagram. Um, so I post a lot of just information, helpful tips at Carolyn Rubenstein, PhD. Um, also, uh, my website is carolynrubenstein.com. And I have a course on there that I just released called Perfectly Human. That's all about 
pretty much this setting boundaries, how to deal with the emotions of being human, um, of being a parent, navigating, um, and you know, keeping our mental health okay while we do it. Well, this is a wonderful topic and so many more resources for people to delve into. Uh, once again, Dr. Carolyn Rubenstein, the book is Perseverance, How Young People Turn Fear into Hope and How They Can Teach Us to Do the Same. Thank you so much for your time. Thank we you appreciate so much. it. Thank you. And thanks to you for tuning in to this edition of Healthy Living. I'm Lori Johnson, and we'll see you again next week.